Welcome to Church at the Vineyard Sermon of the Week with Colton Penrod. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you this week to know Jesus, press into freedom, discover the new, and pour into the world. Amen. You guys can go ahead and be seated. So today, uh, these stats, I would go with anything she said over anything I have written down. Uh, so she's probably a lot better prepared on the statistics. But we have up here are five very pretty crazy statistics that actually blew my mind when I was going through and studying this. Uh, but depression is the leading disability worldwide, period. It's the leading disability worldwide. More than 264 million people suffer from depression. 264 million people. Suicide, and this one I think I've got wrong, but suicide is the leading cause of death in 10 to 25-year-olds. It's the second leading causing death. That's wild. One death by suicide every 11 minutes. So since the time that we've had this service, in a two-hour service, we have lost approximately 12 people by suicide already, just sitting in, within the service. 79% of U.S. suicides are represented by men. I'll get on that later because uh, there's such a stigma against any man trying to come forward with any feeling that he has. And there is a, especially within a su- southern culture that is very, very toxic to not allow men to get out what they need to get out but when 103 of the suicides that happen daily are represented by men within the U.S., that I find an issue with. I find a major issue with that. But I'm going to talk today, and I'm going to give you tools. Uh, This that I'm preaching is going to come basically directly from Dr. Caroline Leaf. Everything that I have up here will be through her. I will give you the tools and everything that you need as far as what you need to do and how you need to do it for dealing with any mental battle that you have. But I say all of this to let you know, just like I said earlier, that if my mama can lay her hand on the foot of a baby that is not breathing, and then all of a sudden it starts breathing because she speaks life over that baby, I believe the exact same thing is going to happen today. I'm believing for divine healing. I'm believing for God to set up camp around you. And that may look like a team of supporters speaking life into you. It may look like you actually going to a counselor. But I'm believing today that the Heavenly Father is stepping into your situation and surrounding you with everything you need today. Can y'all believe that with me? Let's give God some praise. He's good. He's good. So I set up these, and I don't know if you're actually able to see all of them. Um, but if not, you uh, toward the end of the service uh, or at the end of the service, you can come up here and take pictures of whatever you need to take pictures of. But in 1 Kings chapter 19... 
I'm just going to summarize two or three stories about how some great men of God within the Bible dealt with what we would label now as depression, as what we would label now as anxiety, whereas the verbiage and the usage of words within the Bible is not the exact same as what we would use today. It is, in essence, the exact same thing that we're talking about. So in 1 Kings chapter 19, we look at Elijah. This dude literally just got on the mountain and said, hey, if y'all are going to worship Baal, y'all can worship Baal, but I'm going to go over here and I'm going to worship Jehovah. And I'm going to prove it to you because I'm going to call down fire from heaven by using Jehovah's name. And whoever, whichever name actually produces fire from heaven, let that be God. And guess who showed up with fire? Jehovah did. And all the prophets of Baal, they ended up desecrating their land and they ended up all dying. So Elijah just got through a major victory and everyone could have looked at him and said, dude, do you not see everything that's going on? Do you not see? Let me tell you how toxic that question is to people because feelings especially when you're dealing with depression, are not defined by situations a lot of times. Depression can just come in like a roaring lion and just eat at you and make you feel like you have a, an elephant on your chest, but all at the same time you feel totally empty and you can throw up all at the same time. All these feelings can come on to you and somebody can come to you and I'm going to tell the church to stop asking these questions because they're toxic. Do you not see how good you have it? It's toxic. Don't do it. Okay, y'all may say this is so weird for a pastor to get up and preach like this. Well, I'm sick of people and seeing people and trying to sit and counsel with people. And they, one of the main things that they will say to me when we talk with me in India is I understand my life is good and I probably shouldn't feel this way. Well, yeah, that may be the case, but it does not negate the feelings that they have. Okay, so we look at Elijah and we see that he literally just was used by God to call down fire from heaven, y'all. If I could call down fire from heaven, there's probably a reason I can't because I'd probably get all prideful and be like, I don't like you, fire. So, so I would probably get way too prideful and call on situations that God doesn't want me to call on. But Elijah literally called down fire from heaven to prove that Jehovah was Jehovah. But he heard that Jezebel was after him. The one thing, and of course I'm sure Jezebel was probably scary. She looked like she probably had a forked tongue and all these kinds of craziness. And she got scared, he got scared and he ran into a moment of weakness, a, a time of what we would call depression, a time of complete fear and utter shock, like, why am I having to go through this? God, do you not see that you used me? God, why are you going to allow me to go through things like this? I'm a good person. God, why am I feeling this way? And then you have a cycle of guilt trip asking questions and a a monologue inside your brain that just states over and over of why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why do I feel this way? Why, 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 why? You know what, you want to know what God did in this story? He sent an angel to comfort Elijah. To come and comfort Elijah. And this is going to be a message to the church and to people suffering. People suffering who are within the church, but those who are not suffering. If you know someone who is suffering, I urge and plead with you to not go in to them asking toxic questions. Go to them, care for them, and love on them. 
Love them with everything you know how to do. You may not be able to understand the situation they're in. And half the time, people are not looking for someone to honestly understand what they're feeling. They oftentimes just want to get the junk out. Because I will be real with you, and I'm going to be very real and raw inside this message, that over the past two months of studying out this mental health series, I have faced a mental battle that I've never gone through in my life, period. And there are some close people, my wife included, my family, that I was very open with and said, I want you to understand that today I feel like an elephant's on my chest. I feel totally empty. I cannot eat because I feel... I just feel this way and it comes on suddenly. And I'm like, God, I don't understand why I'm feeling this. I've never felt this way in my life before. I never had to deal, a little bit when I was a teenager, but nothing to the severity of what I have the past two months. And the only thing that I could get out of it was, is God is preparing me so that I could be some form of comforter on some level when delivering this message. So I say all of this to say to you that if even Elijah, the prophet Elijah, can go into a moment of desperation and hiding and fear in a depressive state, if the, one of the men, the men, he was the man, he called down fire, y'all, but yet retreated into a moment of depression. I say this to tell you that even if it's in the word of God, I'd say it to give you hope that God can send down an angel, whether it's through the two forms of an angel, like these two ladies sitting on the front of the stage who've put in an absolute phenomenal organization together, whether it's angels like that, whether it's an angel of your mama, whether it's an angel of your, of your daddy, whatever it may be, find that angel to go after because God is willing to send one to you. Whatever that angel is, whoever it is, seek them out. And when you start having these cycles of, of I can't do this and, and this, this dialogue that's going on in your brain that puts in pathways inside your brain that's just a constant negative cycle, I dare you to try and stop those. Just try. I'm not saying it's an overnight fix. Dr. Caroline Leaf said it takes at least 62 days to start creating new neuropathways in your mind to create a positive pathway. So it's going to take some time. But find you an angel. Find you an angel that you can talk to. Find you an angel that you know is going to love on you. My love language is physical touch. If India wraps her pinky around me, it makes me feel like, whoo. but become aware and communicate those things to the people around you. Become aware, become self-aware and say, I understand this is my love language. India, I want you to love me this way. Can you just hold my hand? And y'all, I'm serious. I can go from being down here to her holding my hand to like, oh my gosh, I just climbed Mount Everest. We're good. Okay, hallelujah. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go to bed good tonight. And Jeremiah we see someone called the weeping prophet, what the scholars now call the weeping prophet. This dude was called to a life of singleness, y'all. He was not allowed to marry, and he was alone, and his family had abandoned him. He had every reason in the world, not like Elijah. Elijah was being awesome. He was putting on light shows and everything from heaven. 
and desecrating Baal's prophets and he's doing all this stuff. But Jeremiah here was the weeping prophet. Everything that was around him was situational and his life was a situation of just despair and hopelessness. But God still used this man. He used this man to deliver the message even though it was so hard for him. He faced torture mentally and the, mo the thing to me that is the most torturous about this man's life is that he had to do it alone. But I want to retract that for a moment because even though his mission was alone, his feelings got out. Hear me out. What did he do? He wrote. He got these things off of his mind. He put things down. He wrote them down and said, these are the ways that I'm feeling and these are the things that I need help with. I wonder had Jeremiah not put those things out in some way, form, or fashion if it may have been one of the stories like these ladies brought up today. I wonder if he had not had a mode or a method or some, some resource to release what he had inside of him, I wonder what would have happened to him. We're looking at another man who dealt with depression as well. Let's look at Job. If there was anyone in the word of God who had every right, if you will, there's no right to be depressed, but anyways, if there was anyone who had the right to be depressed, it was Job. He lost it all. His family died. His livestock died. His, his servants died. He lost everything. You want to know what was a common factor among all three men that I spoke about? Elijah, Jeremiah, and Job. They all asked God to kill them. Every single one of them did. We don't talk about this in the church because it's not shouting, it's not hopping, it's not speaking in tongues. Y'all know I like to spit and shout a little bit. But every single one of these men asked God in some form or way, form, fashion, or way, God, let me die. Would you kill me? I don't deserve to do this anymore. Elijah said, I'm no better than my family. So go ahead and take me. He said, I've retreated. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But I've retreated and I've gone away and I'm not being who you've called me to be. I'm no better than anyone around me. So why don't you just kill me now and take me? Job said and ripped himself of his clothes and stood naked before, or got naked and kneeled before the Lord and said, naked I came in and naked shall I go. He's asking God, go ahead and take me. I'm ready to go. Jeremiah also said very similar words and said, God, just go ahead and kill me. I can't do this anymore. Go ahead and kill me. I'm alone. I can't do this anymore. Just kill me. You may be wondering, why am I preaching such a heavy message? Because when I look at the stats and I see that there is one death by suicide every 11 minutes, I say that somebody's got to step up and say something about it. 
when people ask me, look, y'all, I, I got, <laughs> I'm getting blasted left and right for the way things, way we are doing things here. Um, I'm just going to be real. I've been told you shouldn't operate your church that way. You operate because it's like you got 30,000 people already. If God gives you something and you don't operate it in it as it's gold, then why would he give it to you anyways? Let's just, I'll just go ahead there. So someone, some wonderful person, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, y'all. So had posted on Facebook and said, what are, basically their questions were, what are your qualifications for doing a mental health series? And my response was very, some people would have not interpreted it as Christian. I didn't cuss her out or anything like that. Y'all don't, y'all don't get flipped out. But the last sentence that I put on here, I said is qualifications cannot deliver hope. Qualifications cannot deliver hope. And I wanted to be like, did I not, if I didn't put all of my degree listings, if you will, on Facebook, would you have still considered me qualified? No, I'm not qualified. None of us in this room are qualified. The only thing that makes us qualified is the blood of Jesus Christ because the crimson red blood of Christ is what stains us white as snow. So when I look at all these things and you may say, okay, so now I understand that we actually see men in the word of God who are dealing with very similar situations. They just didn't have all the clinical... Uh, um, diagnoses for all of these things. We didn't have the diagnosis for what Elijah was dealing with. We didn't understand. We couldn't write into words what Jeremiah was going through and we couldn't actually write into words or give a diagnosis to what Job had been going through. But all of these things now we understand now that they have been revealed and now that you have been made known about these things, I want to give you some tools. And again, these are all from Dr. Caroline Leaf. The first step we're gonna do is gather The next one, we're going to reflect. The third, we're going to write. Fourth, we're going to recheck. And fifth, we're going to actively reach. The first thing I want to go over with you is to gather. I want you to take a minute, take your phone out. Go ahead and open the notes app real quick for me. And we're all going to do it. Every single person in here, I want you to do it. The first thing I want you to put is how are you feeling? To, or how am I feeling right now? Type that in. How am I feeling right now? Once you type that in, don't answer yet. Don't answer it yet. Under that question, also want you to put, am I struggling to concentrate? Am I struggling to concentrate? Okay, I want you to think on those questions. Don't write them down yet. Just think. Think to yourself, how are you feeling right now? 
and are you struggling to concentrate? When you gather that information, I want you to reflect on the information that your mind has agreed with yourself on. This step, you have to be open with yourself. You have to be open. You have to be objective. Don't try to hide the feelings and put it through filters of, well, I'm not supposed to feel this way. Who said? Who said that? Okay? Put what you're feeling. Put it in there. Think about that. Be real in your gathering. Gather yourself. Be open on yourself. Okay? Because if you're not open on yourself, nothing else None of, you can't really move on to these next things if you're not truly open to how you're feeling right now, okay? So once you've done that and you've thought about it, now I want you to reflect, still not writing anything down, or not answering anything, I'm sorry. But under that, I want you to put, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? And so the reason that we reflect on the thought before we write anything down is because the mind can, needs to do the work first because what we're doing is called rewiring the neuropathways of our brain. It's literal science. I'm not, I'm not just preaching hogwash to you. But you have to do this first within your brain and then put it on paper. So reflect on yourself and your feelings by asking why. And it may be totally okay. If you just went through a death in the family and you feel depressed, think, I'm depressed right now because I just lost a family member. Be real with it. Be real with yourself. There are times like... I will be real with y'all. If y'all send me a text message that just has, says, hey, and that's it, and don't text me back, I ain't texting you back. I'm not going to text you back because that just induced like 5,000 levels of anxiety in my life. I don't know what your intent is by a three-letter sentence of, hey, Amen. you ain't getting a text back. Amen. Sorry. That's just how I am because my mind goes to why are they saying, hey, is something wrong? Did somebody lose? All this stuff's going through my mind. You ain't getting text back. It's just, I'm just being real. But when I do that, I should say, why? And so when I reflected on this why, I realized Another reason is because I won't answer phone numbers that I don't know. And that started after I got a phone call from Meadowall County Sheriff's Department telling me that I needed to show up at my papa's house. And that's when I found out that my dad was killed in a car accident. You will not catch me answering a phone number I don't know. You can text me and then I'll call you back. But that was my reflecting of why, you know, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling anxious because somebody texts me, hey, or I'm feeling anxious because a number that I don't know has called me, and I can be real with that. But when I reflect and challenge the feeling and say why, I can get to the root of it and I can explain it to somebody so that somebody else is not offended by my wife not answering your phone call because I don't have your number saved in my phone yet. Something as simple as that, y'all. Okay, it makes a world of difference. So when you do those things, then you write them down. 
Now I want you to go in and answer those questions that you just put. Maybe one or two sentences. Maybe one or two words. I want you to do it right now. Answer those questions that you just wrote down into your phone app, into your notes app, or whatever. And I want you to write them down. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says, The purpose of a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. The reason that we're doing this and we're gathering the information is literally within Scripture, hidden within Scripture. It says, The purpose of a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. I will be the first to let you know, if I don't understand something, I'm not going to do it. I have to understand first before I step foot into what it is. Okay, and India will be the first to tell you that that is so true because if any plans change or anything like that, my autism just pops right on out and I'm not saying that jokingly, it's just the truth. But if any, any plan gets shifted, I have to go through the entire scene in my mind before I can actually step forth into it. So when you gather and you finally have the understanding, then... Write it down. In Habakkuk 2, 2, it says this. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. So when you finally have everything written down and you've, you've understood in your mind, now you write it down, you make it plain, and you can start to see physically what's going on. Okay, You can start to see those things physically on what's going on. Once you've written it down and you've answered the questions, need to recheck. Go through your answers that you just wrote and now apply these questions to those answers. Is there anything that I can change that may be a negative feeling? Is there anything in the situation that I can change to make it better? If not, Move on from it. If you can't change the situation, it's out of your control. But if you can, find something small that you can, anything that you can change with the help of Jesus, obviously, that you said within these situations, go ahead and change them. What is the advice in the recheck that you would give to someone else going through the exact same thing? What is that advice? So sometimes we often will give advice better for other people instead of for our own self, right? Has anybody ever done that? I know I have. I, I, I feel like I do it on a weekly basis. I'm like, huh, that was good. I really need to go after that. You know, that kind of feeling. If you were... If you were on the other side talking to yourself, what advice would you give yourself to explain and to help you get through all three of these things? Ephesians 6, 16, it says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. 
This is the one that I really, really, really want to get on. You do have to go through all of these steps. And like I said, Dr. Caroline Leaf said it takes about 62, 63 days to actually form a new neuropathway in which you start here with your feelings of maybe depression, maybe suicide, maybe it's grief of a loved one that you're still going through. Whatever it may be, you've got to go through these. But this is the one right here in which we have to continually do. Every single one we've got to do. But this one is what I really want to talk about, the active reach. What can you actually do within your life to help your mental struggles? What can you do? Like she said, suicide is preventable. Suicide is preventable. Feelings sometimes are not preventable, but we can rewire our brains and neuropathways to reverse a constant negative that circulates in your mind at all times. Has anybody ever been there? Like, I mean, just be real, like a constant negative pathway in your mind. I know that I have been. And y'all, I'll tell you straight up, it stemmed from school because it took me 5,000 years to get my bachelor's degree in the first place. And anytime I think about school, I'm starting to twitch already now. But those negative pathways, and I've said this story several times when I first got with India, I would constantly say, I'm going to be 40 by the time I graduate because I can't flip and decide what degree I want to go in. When she got on to me and she said, quit saying that mess and start claiming an earlier actual somewhat achievable goal and start to say those things, change the neuro pathway and I began to say those things. Guess what actually happened in my life? The date that she and I decided to constantly say, we actively reached for that date and actively said that date and actively declared that date. Guess what happened? That date happened. It happened. Was it easy? No, because it probably took another semester or two of her getting on to me saying, would you quit saying that? And I'm like, quit getting on to me. But it was, it was her saying, hey, you've got to rewire those negative thoughts that are coming in, that are constantly coming in. And I, w I don't, I mean, I do understand a little bit of why uh, negative text messages really do it to me, but they do. Like negative text messages just like fly all over and in through me and just like, I'm like, what's going on here? But what I say is, I've got to come out, y'all, I'm sorry. All of these things within this Holy Spirit is saying, I'm giving you tools and I want you to actually do them. I want you to be real with yourself. If you can't be real with yourself, you, you guys are not going to be able to find the total freedom that you need. I'm just going to be straight up. If you can't be real with yourself and understand and be objective, you are not going to be able to find the freedom. The way that you need to be objective with yourself is get somebody around you that you know is going to be honest with you. And they are going to, because I have someone, I have accountability partners that will call my junk. Okay? They call my junk. We need that. I spoke on it a couple of weeks ago. But gather and be completely objective in what you're feeling. Gather and be completely objective in everything that you do. I see so many people who are so blinded because they are uh, like covered in their own um, filters and can't see the truth. Okay? Breakthrough 
barriers. Break through lenses that you're looking through. Take off the glasses that have always been in your mind. Okay? Because I will be honest with you. One of the glasses that I was always in is... Um, <laughs> When I grew up in high school, I grew up in a very small high school and I thought I was a pretty good musician. And then I stepped up into the real world and realized I ain't nothing of a musician. So I was looking through a lens of a small-minded high school where I was good in that particular area. And then I stepped into something else and I was like, oh my gosh, I might not be what I think I am because I stepped outside of a lens that was blinding me from the truth. Okay? So when we step outside that lens and we can gather objectively, we can say, oh, okay, I need to be real with myself. I need to be real with myself on all these things. And then I'm going to reflect, okay, why? Why do I feel this way? What is causing these things? When I finally realized I wasn't that great of a musician, I just needed to help. I didn't need to be a worship pastor because it was awful. All these things were going through my mind and I reflected on those things and I was able to answer the why and I started writing it down. You want to know when I wrote it down? I wrote down an entire year plan back in 2018. 2018, an entire year plan for myself, for our Vine team, for this church. And I wrote down the goals and I told every single one of the people on our Vine team, I said, if you are struggling, back out and take your time off. Don't get in here and work yourself to death to where you can't even focus anymore. Take the time off. Don't show up on Sunday if that's what it takes because I'm all about, y'all, the sanctuary is not the hill all. The hill all happens out there. I'm just going to be real with you. There can be miracles that happen in this altar. You better believe it. You better believe that I've seen miracles. I've seen people come up out of wheelchairs. I've seen diabetes healed. I've seen a drawn up arm absolutely released to where she was raising her hands. By the end of the service, I believe in healing. But I'm also a believer in knowing that God does things in mysterious and wondrous ways. And if it doesn't go according to my filter, doesn't mean that it is wrong. Okay, so when I began to write these things down, I started to actually see things manifest in my life and within the church. And then I began to recheck what can I change about everything that's going on? What can I do differently? Chris actually did this to me yesterday. He said, if you could start something over, what is something you could change? And I, would list, I listed certain things and I was like, okay, well, I can actually change those things now. What can I do now in this moment that I actually have control of? Certain things you're not going to have control of and that's okay. That's okay to not have control. Is there any control freaks in the house? Okay, so in those moments of just was something that I cannot control, if you cannot control, release it, let it go. Okay, hear me out. And that's a lot easier said than done. Y'all are like, you're preaching good, but it's easier than said than done. Like I said, 62, 63 days is the average time it takes to create a new neuropathway. Okay, so once you've done these things and you start actually seeing things that you can change, do the active reach. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Okay, it takes a constant pursuing and a constant going after to get to the end goal. It takes a constant pursuing to get to the end goal. If the worship team would go ahead and come on up. I know that this has been different and I know that this is just more of a teaching thing 
But it's time that the church raises, raises up like the church and goes after people. Like that man at an airport. Oh my gosh, I hope that I'm able to do something like that one day. I would love to be able to recognize a sign like that and help somebody through something like that. But in the moment of being a lead pastor and youth pastor since I'm 19 years old, so almost 10 years of being in some pastoral role, it is probably the number one thing and the scariest thing that me and my wife have ever had to deal with. It's talking to people who are thinking about committing suicide and going through depression. I say this to let you know this, that you are in a safe house, that you are in a place to where you can release the things that you need to release. And it is totally okay to feel this way. But what's not okay is to not take action against it. It has become normal for depression to be talked about outside of the church and it's very taboo almost to talk about it inside the church. But God's great design was not for this to be a normal thing. It wasn't. That wasn't the design of the Father. So I say all of this again. I want everybody to stand. I've given you tools and I wanted to teach on this. I didn't really want to preach and I intentionally didn't do it that way because I wanted you to walk away with tools. I'm just going to be real and call it like I see it. Some of you are so used to being entertained in church that when information is given to you and tools are given to you, you think it's a bad service. I'll call it like I see it. And I can say it because we got the lots, we got all the entertainment factor. But we can strip all of that away and give me Jesus and none of this means anything. The book is called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. And if you're dealing with it, I encourage you to go buy it. Dr. Caroline Leaf, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. And I'll post it on Facebook tonight or tomorrow, that book. She gives tools. She has an actual 21-day brain detox. She is a Christian woman. She believes in using scripture and everything she does. There's also a program that you can go through 63 days of an an intense and even more intense brain detox to where you can start to create new neuropathways. I'm going to be real. This will work. I didn't know I was going this way. This will work on the tongues that gossip. This will work on the tongues that can't celebrate other people's successes. This will work 
on the Israelites who are wandering around in the desert for 40 years because all they do is complain. Every time you talk, and I, I'm just being real, real quick. I'm going to get off of depression and anxiety in a second. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk to the church like that feels like she's good for a second, okay? This can work on the backstabbing and the, the, the going against the grain and, and, and not actually going forward toward the Father. Because India will let you know there's one thing that like if plans go awry for me there are two things that really cause me to go crazy and start twitching seeing blood and a plan change I don't like either one of them I start twitching at both of them blood I legit black out so y'all got blood don't come to me Let's take care of mental mess, not physical mess, all right? <laughs> but even things such as that can be rewired. And you want to know why? In the scientific studies that she's done, it's 81% success rate for reducing anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts by going through this for 63 days. 81% reduction in individuals. Now, I'm not talking about 81% of you would actually benefit from doing this. I'm talking about every single individual got about 81% worth of depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts reduced by going through these five steps for 63 days. Every individual, I'm not talking about a numerical data. I'm talking about 81% of your depression and anxiety feelings were reduced. That's a chance that I'm willing to take. That's something that I'm willing to take. So if you will close your eyes and I want you to raise your hands in this place. There's been something that's been released in this house. There's been a blessing that's been released over this house and I can't describe it other than the mighty power of Jesus Christ. We're gonna step into the laying of hands and everything in just a second. As long as you know that you can leave out of this place and you can do things that are scientifically and biblically proven to also help you outside of this because revival hits when people hit the floor in their bedroom. It doesn't just hit when people come into a place with awesomeness. It hits when people hit their knees. It hits when people go out into the highways and the byways and they do the active reach and actually going after the Father that's when revival hits. So I beg and plead of you, with you this morning. If you are dealing with any type of depression, anxiety, or suicidal thoughts, we're going to open this altar and we're going to pray with you. I don't do it to embarrass you. And if you want to wait till after service to talk to somebody, that is okay. But if there's anybody in here who has been feeling those thoughts, been going through those 
depressive episodes, who is actually dealing with depression and anxiety, I urge you to come to these altars. I do want your eyes closed in this place, head bowed. If that's you, make your way up here. Thank you for listening to this message. If you are struggling with thoughts of suicide or depression, please do not hesitate to reach out to Church at the Vineyard. We will do everything in our power to offer you hope by praying with you and connecting you to local mental health resources.